guys! On today's episode, we have a pretty special guest. She has been to the Scotties eight times and won three of those times. She's captured gold in Beijing in 2017 at the Worlds with her team and is headed to the Olympics in 2018 after an amazing trials win in her hometown of Ottawa. Now she's bringing her incredible talent as a lead to Team Jennifer Jones. On the show with me today is the first team all-star lead from this year's Scotties, Lisa Weagle. Thank you for so much for coming on the show with me today. Hi, Haley. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So congratulations on the all-star team. It must have felt so good to get back on the ice. Thank you. Yeah, it was really um, an amazing experience to be able to be back on the ice. I think it was something that a lot of us curlers have been looking forward to and dreaming of and training for. Um, so even though it, it looked a little different and felt a little different, it uh, it was really special to be back out on the ice. And my eighth Scotties, I didn't even know it was eight until you said it in the intro. Um <laughs> And my first one with a new team. And um, yeah, I just really love every second of it. Mm-hmm. It was definitely a different Scotties than you probably are used to. Um, how was life in the bubble? Like, what'd you do for uh, downtime? Yeah, life in the bubble, I think, is what you make of it to a great degree and kind of your attitude towards it. So I felt like I had planned for it pretty well and um, brought some things to make my stay a little bit more comfortable and was able to make some food in my room and um, plan for some of my downtime. So I watched a few shows. I read a little bit, listened to some podcasts. But really, once the curling gets going, um, it feels like any other event where you're just curling and then eating and resting and watching some draws on TV and trying to recover as much as you can in between games. So once that got started, I, I found it didn't really feel all that different from a normal event. Nice. What would you say were the best and the worst parts of the kind of setting? Hmm. I think the the challenge, especially with me being part of a new team, was just not spending as much team time together. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some restrictions about you know where you could be and um, and yeah, I think we, we really tried as a team to, to take it very seriously, the, all the COVID protocols and went what we felt like was above and beyond what even Curling Canada was recommending. So um, it, it resulted in probably not as much time with my teammates as I, I would have spent. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that was also maybe a good thing too in terms of just – the whole season we've had to adapt. And I think maybe that was the best was just our, our team showing our resilience, being able to adapt to things and go with the flow. Um, and I think that kind of attitude is, has been helping us all season and is going to pay off for us. Hmm. Yeah. Speaking of like your new team and not being able to play with them, like you usually would, how did you uh, deal with that? Like, did you guys, how many conversations did you guys have? Have you talked with them before this? Yeah, we chatted a lot. So I joined the team um, in March of last year. Mm -hmm. So nobody was traveling at that time. So we had to have a lot of Zoom calls and phone calls Mm -hmm. and lots of texting. And um, I think it was good in some ways, like we were able to have a lot of conversations, but we had hoped that we would be playing quite a bit. Um, especially this season and where it is in the Olympic cycle that we had looked at the calendar in March when we kind of thought this pandemic wasn't going to last very long. And we had scheduled a lot of events. So that didn't happen. We got to play a little bit. We played in 
two events in Waterloo and one game of one event in Okotoks and then the event got shut down. So um, all things considered, I felt like we got a decent amount of time together. Um, of course, would have liked more, but I think we made the most of it. Mm-hmm. Now, would you say that there's a difference in strategy on this team than what you've played with in the past? Uh, a little bit. I think that with every skip and every team, they kind of see the game a little bit differently and um, lean towards, you know, whether it's more offensive or more defensive and particular kinds of shots. Um, but Jen has been playing so long and is such a, an amazing yeah. strategist and she sees the game so, so well. And, and Caitlin and Jocelyn too. I mean, Caitlin uh, mixed doubles champion and a long time third and skipped in juniors and Jocelyn was a world junior skips and a great mixed doubles player too. So, I mean, there's a lot of strategy on this team. So mm-hmm. um, it was interesting for me to kind of sit back and, and let them do their thing and also be able to be confident in giving my input every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Now that you've um, played with this team just a little bit more, you know, with the Scott, he's got a bunch of games in, do you feel like there's like one team, one player on the team that kind of keeps everyone's spirits up when it gets a little frustrating? That's a good question. I think we all have had to do that at different points. And we felt like in the building there there was no energy so normally when you walk out for a Scotties even if it's a night game you're feeling a little tired the the crowd really helps get you up and so we felt like we had to create our own energy and you know on the ice I usually try and be pretty steady and I'm not really like a big energy player like you would see I'm sure you can think of lots of of people who would kind of fill that role so Mm -hmm. we all at different times had to step up and whether it was a little high five or broom tap or smile or joke. We really tried to create our own atmosphere and and make it light and fun um, and be able to support each other when we needed it. Mm -hmm. Now you mentioned the crowd, just seeing how quiet it was on TV. It must've been super quiet for you guys. Do you feel like that kind of helped you focus more that kind of, you know, you're like, Oh, it's kind of quiet in here. How did that affect you guys? For me, I found the biggest difference was when there's a big shot, nobody's cheering. Um, And I'm kind of used to that, like hearing that at the Scotties or hearing um, crowd noise like on the other sheets when you look over and you know if someone's made or missed a shot where it would just be like yelling and then silence and you wouldn't know who made it. It was kind of a funny feeling. But I think in terms of our team communication, we were really able to hear each other. We were able to hear the line calls and the sweeping and I found that that was helpful because sometimes when you're at a Scotty's, it's so loud that you miss some of that stuff. So in a way, I guess that was a positive, Um, but I miss it. I really love the atmosphere and the crowd and people cheering. And I like it when when people are really into the game. So, um, you know, I've, I've got a few more events in the bubble. I've got mixed doubles and then two grand slams. So now I know a little bit more of what to expect and, and how to create our own atmosphere out there. Mm-hmm. I definitely, with the with it being a little more quieter, communication would be a lot better. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it almost felt at times like practice or like you're in a curling club when you're playing and people are behind the glass and you can't hear them, right? Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Um, I know that uh, I went to Trillium for the past years until it got canceled, but there's the one thing, the great shootout, and everyone's yelling and screaming, and 
it's definitely like wouldn't compare it to his Scotty's, but it's hard with the communication. So I can definitely say that it being quiet would help the communication. Yeah, that's one of the great things about Trillium is the great shootout to try and give young curlers that sort of atmosphere. I remember I went to Trillium when I was 16 and the same thing. Like I, I really, that stuck out to me because of how loud it was and how much adrenaline you have. And it would be so easy to just throw your rock through the house because you're so excited. So I think that that mm-hmm. would definitely be a good comparison and give you a bit of a good feeling about what, what throwing a rock at the Scotties might feel like. Mm-hmm. Now you mentioned um, mixed doubles. You're going with uh, John Epping. How does, after you've completed that, um, whole tournament how does your schedule look after that uh so after mixed doubles um is the men's world so I'll have to leave the bubble again and then go through all the testing so in right now I'm at home and so in between the events you go home you kind of stay quarantined and then there's like a hard quarantine the few days before you travel again and have to go through testing Mm -hmm. So I'll have to do that again and then back in for the two grand slams and they're running them back to back. Um, and then after that, I don't know, like we're, we're not sure if there's going to be summer ice for training or if some of those spiels that were canceled might run in the summer. We're just kind of waiting to see, but at least I know that I, I still have those three events left on my schedule for this season. Mm-hmm. Well, um, now when you were heading out of the bubble, all the men were kind of like heading in. Did you have any wise words for John heading in, kind of giving him advice? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't actually cross paths, but I, I did send him some texts and um, some ideas of, of what to bring into the bubble and a few good skip the dishes restaurants where we got some food. So I did share a few little tips with him. Yeah. It would definitely be hard. You got to share what you know, I guess, about the bubble. (laughs) Yeah. And I think the women did a really great job at going first. And um, we had, there were a lot of changes that had to kind of be made on the fly. I I really think Curling Canada did a great job of organizing an event and keeping us all safe. And, um, you know, to have, I think it was 105 athletes and coaches, if I'm not mistaken, everyone tested negative on every single test. So um, it just shows that everyone really took their their isolation seriously and all the COVID protocols seriously and that it worked. And I'm hopeful that that's going to continue for the rest of the events. I think it's a huge success story for Curling Canada and for curling to be able to have these events run. Mm. So being in the bubble, how did your like, what was like a day in the life in the bubble? How did your daily schedule go? Uh, every day was a little bit different. The first few days, um, was in isolation waiting until the results of the day two test came back. Um, for me, I, I made my own breakfast. I would do a little yoga. I'd read a little bit. Um, if there was curling on TV, I'd watch curling. And then if we were playing, obviously it's a pretty early morning with, uh, an 8.30 AM game. Um, kind of nap in between games, usually order some takeout for dinner. Sometimes we play a little Yahtzee and spend some team time. So the days actually went by pretty quick. It's pretty easy to fill a day, I find, especially at the Scotties. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Did you find that um, being kind of isolated in your room kind of help you focus more? Or was it a little bit distracting? That's a good question. I'm, I... 
am an introvert. I, I enjoy being alone. That's kind of where I recharge my batteries. So I didn't I find it too bad. You, you're the same. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and, and I had kind of mentally prepared myself for what it was going to feel like. I think that um, it, the temptation of just going on social media became quite strong. And just seeing like what other teams were up to, what people were saying. And I found midway through the week, I actually deleted my social media and didn't go on it for a few days just to be able to clear my head and and just have my own voice in my head instead of a bunch of other ones, as as silly as that might sound. Um, So, yeah, I think that heading into the next event, I would probably do the same thing as like it's fun to connect and I, I like to connect with people that way. But when it's time for performance, I find sometimes it's just a little bit easier to not have that extra energy put towards social media. Mm-hmm. How excited are you for heading into the mixed doubles, you know, kind of knowing what the bubble life is like? Yeah, I'm really excited. I really love playing with John. We played mixed doubles uh, together before the last trials. And then we played together at the Continental Cup a couple of years ago and, and decided that we wanted to keep playing together. So he and I have been friends since we were, I don't know, probably 14 years old. Um, so it's nice to have him that to know that we're going to be in the bubble together and competing together. And we got to play a couple mixed doubles events together this year as well. So yeah, I feel more comfortable. Like there's less unknowns. I know what to expect and, and I'm looking forward to playing with him and um, getting to play a bit more mixed doubles, which I, I really haven't played a ton of. Mm-hmm. How are you like um, looking at, I haven't quite seen the field yet, but does it look like uh, you guys will have some good games going on? Yeah, it's a really good field. And that's one of the things with mixed doubles is um, like there's some good teams that uh, have played together a lot of mixed doubles events. And then there's some teams with really good players that um, you you put the two of them together, but maybe they haven't played many or any events at all together. Um, and it's one of those games where like, anything can happen. And John and I, the first game we ever played, we were down three in the last end and I was ready to shake. And he said, no, no, let's, let's play it out. And we scored four and won the game. So wow. it's, it's not like typical curling where you kind of know how everything's going to go at the end when the score is a certain way that with the power play and just with having so, so few rocks and, and, the rocks the stationary rocks it, it's interesting because it every end is different and and a few shots can really turn it around mm-hmm. uh, speaking of shots going back to the Scotties was there you had a bunch of amazing shots but is there one shot that you made that kind of stuck out to you oh that's a good question I normally it's the tick shots that really stand out to me um and I played a few that uh, worked out really well, but I, I was really proud of my draw weight all week. I felt like that was my best ever drawing event um, and felt like I could put the rock pretty much wherever I wanted it. And um, Jocelyn and Caitlin are such good sweepers and, and really take a lot of pride in putting my rock exactly where we want it to be. So um, I felt the most confident I ever have with my draws. Nice. Yeah, you made a bunch of amazing draws. It was it was fun to watch. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Now, being, you know, at, in your room alone after a rough game, how do you kind of bring yourself back to that when you're, like, all in your, alone in your room? Do you find it easier? Um, 
No, not really. I mean, there after a few of our tougher games, like we would get together and we would debrief. And I find that that's the easiest way to let it go is is just to talk about the game and talk about what we could do better next time and then make a plan. So for me, um, a big part of being able to let go of a, a bad game or a tough loss is is connecting with the team and then coming up with a plan for the future. And that, and that's what we did as well after the event was over was, you know, we were proud of how we did, but we wanted more. So it's connecting and talking about what went wrong, what went well, and what can we do next time? Yeah. So I look in, are you, you're watching the Briar, right? I am. Yeah. I spent a lot of yesterday watching today. I took a little bit of a break to get some workouts in some other life stuff in, but uh, I'm looking forward to the game tonight. We've got, Gushu Kui, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's gonna be a good game. I know there only been like a couple draws, but are you see any um early guesses on a champ yet, or are you still kind of figuring it out? Oh, it's so hard to tell because the field is so good, and now it's mm, even okay. expanded, right, with the eighteen teams and the three wild card teams. So, um, yeah, if I could predict, I probably would have put some money on it. But <laughs> I think it's just <laughs> it's too hard to guess like the the teams are really good and I think you're gonna see a really great final three at the end of the week and a great championship round leading up to that and uh whoever wins is going to be a great representative for Canada at the Worlds Mm -hmm. now you mentioned the final three it's one of the things I want to ask you about doing the setup differently did you think that like affected the way you guys were like went into a game that have any effect on you guys with the the three instead of the four I don't think it affected us because you just basically have to win as many games mm-hmm. as possible in a Scotties. Um, I think that uh, with the extra teams and with it normally being a page, you know, I didn't think it was a big deal at first, but I do feel like, you know, it would be nice if they had kept the page and especially having the the final playoff date just so condensed with a tiebreaker and two games. But I think that Curling Canada was doing the best they could and trying to make the the most fair draw with the time that they had and the TV time that they had and um, with the number of players. So I would say that, you know, I I prefer a page, but um, Hmm. this is the same format we would see at a Canada Cup. So it's not like it's something that's completely unfamiliar to the players. Yeah. Now, when you're in your bubble, you're in your hotel room, How? what kind of things do you do to motivate yourself to, you know, get up, get out of bed and get moving every day when you're just, you know, in your room? Yeah, I listen to music. Um, I had my yoga mat, so I would do some yoga and some, like, activation exercises to get ready before the game. Um, I do a bit of journaling and just kind of some positive self-talk and meditation and all those little tricks to to help get ready for the game and prime for competition hmm. yeah because i definitely gotta do those things to get you in the mindset right mm-hmm. i think even more so in in a bubble scenario like i said before like you've got to create the energy yourself so for me that would start mm-hmm. in the room even before we we left for the rink now when you're in a game and you know it's getting tough it's getting down to the wire what are some things you do to calm yourself down before you like your shots uh breathing is a big one um and especially I was finding with the sweeping like 
I know we're kind of up in the mountains in Calgary. I was finding it a little bit harder to breathe. So um, really trying to calm my breathing down and then um, really like positive self-talk. I, I was trying something a little bit different that I had been working on with my sports psych. Um, we're just kind of talking to myself with more of a voice in my head of a coach or of, of a teammate or a mentor instead of me talking to myself. So instead of me saying to myself, like, I've got this, I would say it more from the perspective of a coach saying, you've got this. And it's interesting hearing someone else's voice in your head instead of your own. So it's something new that I was trying for the Scotties that I, I think I'm going to continue with. Um, basically anything that can give you a little bit extra confidence and and uh, feeling good when you're getting into the hack, making a big shot or, or a big sweep. Mm-hmm. I know that definitely for me, I got to hear myself say it, but then with my team, I got to hear them say it too, just to give me that little extra confidence. Yeah. And I found that um, my teammates are really helpful with that. Like I said, we haven't had a lot of games together, um, but they mm-hmm. always seem to find the right thing to say to to make me feel good before a game a lot of, or before a shot. Like a lot of the time we were confirming, just confirming the the speed or the path. Mm-hmm. And then that gives me the confidence to commit and really go for my shot. I think that for most people, if you're throwing with any kind of doubt in your mind, you're probably less likely to make the shot. So I really tried to mm-hmm. commit to everything I did. And then if we missed, we would debrief and figure out why and then try and make the next shot. Mm-hmm. I definitely like when you're just like, you ask them away and they confirm it, that that's just the kind of confidence uh, that I need. It's definitely helps. Mm-hmm. I There's four people out on the ice and usually someone has the information. So I would rather mm-hmm. have someone share something they thought was right and be wrong than, than be quiet. And maybe that they, they actually did have the right information is that after the game, oh, well, I knew that, but I didn't say anything. So um, I really try and share the information with my teammates and try not to be afraid that that it's going to be wrong because I think among the four of us, we can usually come up with the right answer. Mm-hmm. Now, with uh, you're playing lead for Team Jennifer Jones. Have you always been lead? Have you played any other positions for any other teams? And is lead your favorite? I love lead. Um, when I was in juniors, <laughs> I played second. I played mm-hmm. on a team with, Lee Merklinger she was my skip and we played together for six years which is a pretty long time all things considered for a junior team um and then in women's I was playing a bit of second a bit of lead and then when team Holman asked me to play it was at the lead position and um I was not a very good lead when they asked me to join I had a lot of work to do and a lot to learn uh but I worked Mm -hmm. really hard at it and and it's something that I really do love and I love, like, even watching the Briar, I love watching other leads and how they approach the game and what kind of shots they play. And, um, yeah, it's something that that I think I'll, I'll just love for the rest of my life. Now, as you said, you're really confident with your uh, draw weight was this week. Do you have any tips for, you know, like, younger curlers of how to be more confident with their draw weights and how to, you know, nail that? I think a lot of why I was so confident was because I spent a lot of time this year on my technical. And I know that sounds kind of funny when we're talking about draw weight, but I really worked at like sliding with a laser and sliding through cones or rocks and just making sure that my technical slide was feeling good. Um, Because when you're confident with that and you're confident with your release, 
then it just comes down to leg drive and your feel. Um, so maybe in the past, I would have spent a lot of time like throwing shots and throwing draws and, and don't get me wrong. I did a lot of that too, but the, the base layer of it, the foundation is really having good technical. Mm -hmm. Now, when you're working on, um, your shots, do you do it? Do you mostly find it helpful when you're just doing it by yourself or do you find it more helpful when you got like a, like a team there with you or a couple groups of people? Yeah, I, I really do prefer working with other people at practice. Um, it's a bit of a challenge with me being in Ottawa with this team. Um, so I actually had my dad come out and hold the broom for me, which I haven't done since I was a junior. Um, so in my individual practice, I had him holding the broom and um, having me like throw different shots. And I even would get him to throw a bit and sweep because when you think about it, as a front end player, I throw two shots and then I sweep six. Mm -hmm. So really 75% of my job is spent sweeping. But you think about how we practice and most people, they go out and spend 100% of the time on throwing shots. So yeah. even though I didn't have my team around for a lot of my practices, I would get my dad to throw so I could judge and do some sweeping. And I had to switch sides as well, sweeping this year. So it was mm -hmm. extra important for me to get some sweeping time in before I went for the, to the event. Now I just have one question. I I curl in my club and you guys are clearly on arena ice. Can you just like tell me what the difference, like how is it different in like uh, with the curl and the speed? Cause I've never tried it. So I wouldn't know. <laughs> you will one day, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, they talk about it a lot on TV. Um, and I found that some of the club ice I've been on has been actually quite close. I think the biggest difference, at least at, at this particular Scotty's, is there was quite a bit of curl. Um, so making sure that you have enough rotation on your release. So I was finding even on some of our rocks when we got to the event in practice, it, the, there was so much curl, it was almost taking the handle off the rocks. So that would be a big thing is just having the right release for the ice. And then the speed, I don't know if you do hog to hogs, but it would be between like a 14, two, 14, five, 15, um, which I've definitely seen in curling clubs. So I didn't feel like the speed was all that different from what you might find, but definitely being able to manage the break points and manage the curl because the, the rocks are a little bit more aggressive than I think you would see in the average club. So it might, the ice might be the same. It's just the rocks might be a little different. Yeah. I think it's a bit of a, a combination of both. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I know you're super busy, so I just want to say thanks again for coming on. And I know that we will be cheering you for mixed doubles all the way here. And I hope you just have, like, a great week. Thanks for having me, Haley. It was nice chatting with you. Yeah, yeah thank you again. Okay. <laughs> bye. Bye. That was such a great chat. I just want to say thank you to all my listeners, and I can't wait to talk with you guys soon. Go curling.